0: Welcome to PIs Declassified, an inside look at the world of private investigators. Your host is Francie Kaler, a noted private investigator. Francie and her guests take you behind the scenes and into the genuine, sometimes gritty business of investigation. You'll hear stories from the trenches with plenty of surprises. Here's your host, Francie Kaler.
1: Good morning, everyone. It is my pleasure this morning to introduce to you one of the movers and shakers of the private investigation industry, Mr. Kelly Brittle. Hi, Kelly. Hey, Francie. How are you? I'm really good. Ah, uh, Kelly is a private investigator from Texas, but he's, you know, Kelly, you, you've worn so many hats. I was just looking through your bio. You've worn so many hats. You you run circles around everybody else that's in this in this business. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's uh, I, that's what you do when you get six hours of sleep a night. You know. <laughs> well,
1: I'm just I'm just looking. I, I actually some of these things I didn't know. You've written fourteen books. Fourteen books. Yes, I have.
2: Yep, That's, 14, and co-authored another
1: three. Oh my gosh, and 40 articles, and you've been a guest speaker at o- over 850 events. I Really, I mean, there's not enough hours in the day, even if you're only sleeping six.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm well, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm very energetic, you know, I just can't sit still one of those kind of guys, and just, you know, just one of those things that I've done over the years and I've developed a lot of different niches and expertises and that's where the books come from and uh you know, you do the podcast and I don't know how you are able to do that, you know, every week and, and still keep fresh uh you know, talent and data and stuff out there. So, you know, kudos to you.
1: Well, there's people like you out there that I can talk to. <laughs> that's why
2: I'm always glad to, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah. You and
2: I chase each other around uh, you know, <laughs> conventions and conferences all the time anyway.
1: Exactly. At least we used to before COVID, actually. I uh, yep. haven't done much of that in the last couple of years. But so um, you're designated as one of the top 25 PIs of the 20th century. My goodness, that's, that's huge. Um, yeah,
2: that's a uh, blessing.
1: Yeah. So, Kelly, how did you get in this business?
2: You know, I, um, always wanted to be in law enforcement in some form or fashion. My, you know, my dream was to be in uniform and then be in the FBI. And so I uh, did part of that. I, I got into law enforcement when I was uh, 20 years old and spent seven years in law enforcement. And, uh You know, I graduated with a criminal justice degree, decided that, um, you know, I I got accepted by the Air Force Officers Candidate School, by the FBI, and several other law enforcement uh, agencies, and I just decided I didn't want to do any of that. And so I actually went to work for an insurance company doing what is now considered special investigative unit work, SIU work, and um, did that for a couple of years. And then I was hired away by an international company that had 26 offices and I was uh, there to set up their insurance uh, division. And about I don't know, a year and a half, two years into that, they were uh, going to fold, which is why I started my business in 1989. So I did it out of necessity. You know, I wasn't one of those guys that always thought, you know, I'm this great entrepreneur, and you know, I'm going to I'm going to own my own business, and I'm going to write all these books. That was not really you know, in my <laughs> DNA at the time.
1: You weren't, so, you weren't planning that on your, <laughs> your goal. Not huh? at
2: all. <laughs> it really wasn't. So it's amazing what path, you know, you end up going down. But, uh, you know, it was still in the same uh, format, same bailiwick, you know, of law enforcement. And so I, um, you know, kind of just slid over to that. And it's been a really good run. And I'm starting, I'm starting my 34th year of uh, being in business under my own name. So it's been a long run.
1: That is a long run. So, um, and your books, what are some of the topics you've written on?
2: Uh, the very, very first one that I wrote was called Private Investigating Made Easy, and that was back before we had all the databases and. Um, so it was in Barnes and Nobles and all the bookstores, and and it was designed to teach people how to use public records uh, to do their own research, essentially. Mm. So that was my very first one, and then I uh, got into the other ones, which was the art of surveillance, and because uh, I, you know, I, I happen to be one of those oddballs that loves surveillance, and and uh, but I think that it is definitely an art, and then uh, nursing home abuse. Investigations, insurance investigations, uh, how to run and market your own PI agency, uh, things they didn't tell you about running your own agency, um, consulting, uh, you know, how to do uh, security consulting. So, a lot of different uh, topics. Eighteen wheeler and cargo investigations. So, you know, those are kind of niches that I have uh, have you know kind of fallen in over the years and developed some expertise in those areas.
1: Interesting, very interesting. Um, so. Today we're going to be talking about some of these areas that that touch on some of the books you've written, but kind of at a, a different focus. And you and I discussed this a little bit, but one of the things that I thought would be, would be beneficial to everybody is surviving our businesses during COVID, and how do mm-hmm. we do that?
2: Yeah, that's one of those things that um, you know when COVID first hit. A lot of the states sent out, you know, emergency declarations and uh, certain businesses could not operate. And so you and I being, uh, you know, very involved in the industry, you know, I I did. And I know you were doing stuff behind the scenes, but I met with, uh, you know, some of the governor's offices, uh, you know, several states and had to demonstrate the reason why we needed to be out and operating. And, uh, you know, just like I mentioned before we do 18-wheeler and cargo thefts, you know, thefts of 18-wheelers didn't stop. And when you had, uh, you know, supply chain issues, uh, that just created more problems. So, you know, I demonstrated the fact that we needed to be out doing 18-wheeler and cargo thefts. We had cases where uh, some of the uh, corporations that we were working for, they sent everybody home, obviously, to work from home, and they had uh, some uh, sexting going on where employees were... Uh, inappropriately texting uh female workers, and, you know, the female workers were concerned because they knew that the, the subjects knew where they lived, and so we were asked to do surveillance to make sure that, you know, the subjects did not go towards their co-employees, uh, you know, and so it just kind of branched out in, into other things, and those were what we had to demonstrate, and so in most of the states, you know, we were given permission to continue operating but you know that that was the first obstacle is just proving that we needed to be out there you know once we did that then we had to you know then we had to find the business again and you know the those investigators um that we both know over the years some of them are very um, single oriented you know like they only do criminal cases or they only right. do insurance cases and um you know that's a that's a business lesson that I learned my first year in business because I, uh, having worked for an insurance company, I started doing insurance investigations, and mm. uh, you know my very first month I billed out twenty eight thousand dollars, and I thought, man, this is great. Why didn't I not do this before? And right. about three months later, that particular insurance company went into receivership and bankruptcy. So I learned, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that's a lesson learned for everybody. You know, in, in COVID you know, if you did one thing, there's a good possibility that that was affected and or shut down. So, you know, I, I, those that are listening, I would say, hey, you know, don't, don't do that, you know, find other avenues of generating income. You know, we have one of the things that we do are pre-employment background. And so obviously everyone went home, people stopped hiring. And so that mm. part of our business is the only thing that really uh, diminished during COVID, but you know the other things we we kept strong and we were busy and fortunately we were keeping all of our employees uh, up and running and, and working.
1: That's great. You so you never were able you never had to send anybody home during COVID. Well,
2: yeah, our corporate office we shut down, and you know it was, that was another interesting thing because I had uh, built a brand new office building and we'd moved into it about six months prior to that. And then six months, you know, later we get COVID. So I had to send all the employees home. And I thought, well, that was a great decision here. I built this <laughs> nice new building and I'm the only one here. <laughs> so that yeah. uh, so I I wasn't too, too keen for the first, uh, I don't know, we did that for about four months and we started bringing people back. But, um, yeah, it's, it's you know, it was an ever-changing uh, environment and, you know, we I would bring some of my employees in and say all right, you know, just uh work on the equipment, clean the equipment, charge the batteries, you know, do stuff like that that needed to be done.
1: So, are, are is everybody back in the building now?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we've been back for about a year now.
1: How you know, large is one you- of
2: the I'm sorry, one of the things just- that I did though was I installed UV uh uh in, in our duck work. So it's, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but we even installed it in our in our house. But it's, it's uh, ultraviolet lights that kill germs. And, mm-hmm. you know, according to the literature and stuff, it's 99 percent, kills 99 percent of germs. So, you know, I'm, I fortified the office as best as I could. And all of our employees have individual offices. So we made it, you know, as, as, to do it as best we could in that scenario.
1: How large is your organization, Kelly?
2: We have about sixty something, uh, you know, people uh, and licensed investigators, and then support staff. And so, you know, we operate from coast to coast. So, but we only have the, you know, the one corporate office, and then we have uh, uh, some off- smaller offices throughout the state of Texas and all the metro areas. But everywhere else, we operate just out of, you know, uh, you know, our, the investigators' houses and stuff. You know, we don't mm-hmm. don't really need offices.
1: Right, for sure. Interesting. Well, you know, I have to laugh about the uh, your comment about the sexting. Who would have thought that people going working out of their house was create a situation uh, no. like that? It just it's astonishing what happens.
2: Yeah, that's how I felt too. I mean, you know, uh, there's always something in someone that uh, you know creates creates some kind of issues and stuff. And then, you know, we also had. Uh, embezzlement, you know, where they had theft of tangible items, as as well as theft of, uh, you know, in, uh, services and embezzlement and everything. So it opened up a lot of different things that they probably would not have noticed if it hadn't have been for people, uh, you know, moving uh, back to their houses. And we actually put together a little document, kind of a marketing document, that you know, it was for our uh, clients, that, I forgot what the name of it was, is surviving, you know, how, how to manage, you know, uh, COVID or shutdown. And essentially, I mean, there was, I know some of the law firms I, I deal with, they literally just sent everybody home. Nobody thought to check, you know, what's the air conditioning and heating seats uh, set on what is in your refrigerators, you know, what's growing, you know, in the sink, you know, dishes that were left behind. I mean, just little things like that. And, you know, some of them had servers that they, you know, needed to, to maintain. And so there was there was a lot of different things that people just did not think about.
1: Right. And you, you didn't. You wouldn't because you're just doing your daily business out of your mm-hmm. workplace. And, uh, it's yeah, it's really, really interesting. So, um, tell me, me, uh, before we get into these topics, tell me a little bit about uh, your PI Institute of Education. How did you start that?
2: Yeah, thanks. So, you know, again, uh, when I first started writing, before I ever wrote my first book, I was writing articles. And then uh, because I wrote articles, I was asked to start speaking at different conferences and stuff. And so I learned early on that, uh, you know, there was a lot of people that needed education and continuing education because, you know, some of the states we operate in, you actually got to have continuing education, you know, as, you know, like in California, Texas, Florida. And so there was a, a need for it. And there, at the time, there wasn't very many out there. So I actually started a physical uh, training school. Um, and it was designed only f- for PIs and we got a lot of people that were transitioning out of law enforcement. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's, uh, you know, we held a, a three day cl- uh, class twice a month and we were getting 50 to 60 people wow. uh, in each class. Yeah. And then, you know, the internet came about and everybody transitioned to the internet. And so that's what we did. We put, you know, all of those courses, there's video, That's a video that you actually watch and then uh, it's a uh, kind of a self-paced test and then you get the certificate, you know, um, of completion afterwards. So, it, you know, it's just something that kind of evolved into that scenario.
1: If uh, somebody was interested in, in looking into those, what, what would they do? Where would they go?
2: Yeah, just uh, PIinstitute.com, and uh, so we have two hours, uh, uh, We have two hour courses on there, and then we have seminars. So there's courses and seminars. Seminars are the four or eight hour uh, blocks of time. So if you're if you are a PI and you need you know uh, eight hours or sixteen hours, it's just an easier way to get that you know under one heading. hmm.
1: And are you? Do you teach them all, or are there other people?
2: I all of them. I have, I teach right now, and uh, you know we're in the process of trying to bring on other uh, you know well-known speakers and people within our industry. But you know our format's a little bit different because we require video. You know, so mm-hmm. um, and that's another thing I did when during COVID. You know, I had the whole new my new office building all to myself, and so I <laughs> redid all of my courses you know and i set up uh, you know my video camera and i and i shot it all right there myself so everything is fresh and new but you know a lot of the people that that provide training they don't necessarily do the video portion of it they you know they have powerpoints and they can do the audio but you know so it's a little bit of a unique uh, criteria
1: so, Kelly, I'm so impressed. You're reorganizing your entire PI education at the same time that I'm organizing my greeting cards and <laughs> categorizing them <laughs> at the beginning of COVID. <laughs> That's what I did. Oh, I love it. <laughs> uh, well, that's,
2: that's actually good because, you know, that's, uh, uh, you know, an important thing as well because I kind of did the same thing. I went back and, you know, we have a online case management system, so I went back and I looked at all of our online, you know, our, our list of clients, essentially, and, and then I started gleaning out of that new new and fresh contacts and i you know put them into a mailing list and and that kind of stuff so you know that was a that was a great thing to be doing at that time because you know you had some free time and you know i know some guys that they caught up caught up on all the the movies and this you know the tv series (laughs) and everything else and you can only do that for so long before that becomes you know your new routine
1: Exactly. That's true. <laughs> well, you were definitely more productive than I was. But, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, so It was fun. <laughs> so, um, so what are, are? do you have other tips that you could pass on that how you survived during COVID? Because we're not out of it yet, but it looks like we yeah. may be moving closer.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. Thank, thank God, man. I'll tell you what, I'm tired of this COVID stuff. But yeah, you know, the Part of it is is you know the evolution of everything, and so when you and I you know were first starting in this business, there wasn't the internet, and you know I, my two daughters they look at me like I have two heads when I tell them that you know that this, <laughs> we didn't have you know cell phones or uh, computers in, and uh, the internet. So you know we evolved into all of that, transitioned into databases, and, and then you know into what we all have now. But now we're seeing the new transition. You know, I I, I know personally of at least three law firms that uh uh, have relinquished office space and one of them they had three floors in a high-rise building and they're down they they took all of that gave it back and they're down to about a thousand square feet of office space and everybody's working from home now so that's the you know trying to figure out how do you market you know even if you want to walk into the door and introduce yourself to a new law firm, how do you do that when everybody is remote, you know? So that's, that's kind of the new uh, thing that we have to figure out is, is how to get to those individuals. And really it's kind of gotten a little bit easier because, you know, that's what I did during, like you were talking about your greeting cards. I went back through my emails. I keep, you know, a ton of emails. So I started looking at them and, and uh, figuring out, you know, who do I follow up on? And that's, probably where most people fall down on marketing is not keeping up with the clients that you already have, you know, mm-hmm. it's hard enough to go get a new one, but you know, if you just touch base and so it was a perfect time to do that, you know, just reach out and say, Hey man, just thinking about you, making sure that, you know, you and your family are safe and not, you know, don't have COVID. And, and so, you know, they kind of appreciated that personal touch. And, um, you know, if, if you pay attention, a lot of times they'll say, Hey, yeah, call me and they'll give you your, their cell phone, now because you know they're working from home so right. you know you you just pick all that information and put it into your your you know online rolodex database you know
1: well that's absolutely true and and you know we all have busy lives and and we meet somebody and we work with them for a while and then we might forget them because we go into different things and when you reach out to attorneys like that every time you get a case it's it's amazing
2: mm-hmm. what happens yep, yep.
1: Yeah, that's you know. true. You know,
2: I, you know it, it's a smart move. My my wife, when I was first dating her, she she was is one of those kind of people that will still write a personal thank you card or something like that. And you know, it, it, when I was first dating her, I thought, man, that's really you know that's really a, a cool thing. And so, you know, that's what I did uh, with with my business is I came up with a it's about a three by five type. Uh, card that's four-sided that folds in the middle. And so it's a little more than that's it's four by six. But anyway, and it's just a, a quick little uh, thank you. It's pre-printed, you know, thank you for uh, trusting us with your, your needs, et cetera, et cetera. Then you write a little hand uh, note on it as well. And, and, you know, people still love to get that, and it's a good right. way to keep your name in front of them without, you know, just being blatant about it
1: out. So, was your wife sending you uh, thank you notes when you first met?
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Just Ironically, I
2: I, I I met my wife because she needed a bug a bug sweep done, you know, and oh. uh, so uh, yeah, and so we did a bug sweep, and and uh, right. Not long after that, she invited me to a, a charity function, and and uh, I donated a couple of my books and all that stuff. So, you know, she. Uh, wrote you know personal thank you card and everything so that's that was my first uh, you know card from her
1: that's a pretty cool story so y- you were talking about your daughters you have you have any intention or your daughters have any intention of getting into uh the private investigation business
2: no unfortunately you know my uh both of my daughters they're actually adopted. We got them when they were uh, eight and a half months old and the, and the older one was almost two and now they're 18 and 16. So, uh, but you know, they've got their own past and neither one of them really have any kind of inclination and desire to go down this path. So, you know, and that's, that's so be it, you know, they need to follow their, follow their heart, but uh, exactly, you know, that's, that's the, the downside of, of building a business, you know, it, it, not being able to pass it off to, to a family. But, you know, from day one, I always set out. My goal was to set out and build a business that at some point I could sell. And, you know, because, as you know, a lot of the PIs that, that are out there, they're just a, a, a one- or two-person operation. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, this, during COVID, I had three long-term PIs that I know that basically said, all right, you know, this is a perfect time for me to shut down. And they, uh, worked out an agreement with me where, you know, I took all of their referrals and I give them, you know, a, uh, a finder's fee or, you mm-hmm. know, sales, uh, you know, whatever. And so, you know, I just absorbed a lot of their clients a- as well. So. You know, everybody has to decide where they want to go with their business and do they want to have something that they can sell? But I talked to one lady whose husband actually passed away from COVID and, um, you know, she called me about six months afterwards and, and uh, I knew him. I knew the type of business that he had, but you know, number one, it, it was six months, actually it was almost nine months later. And, and, you know, the reality of it is a single operator like that, you know, his his clients went somewhere else. I mean, they still had cases that needed to be worked. And, you know, mm-hmm. so there wasn't really anything to pass on at that point. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's, you know, my goal from day one was to build a business that, that, you know, at the right time and everything else that I will sell.
1: And so do you have any plans in the future to sell your business? What Where are you going with, with this? Is this on a far distant horizon or... Are you
2: looking at it? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I just turned uh, 63 in November, so you know, I've been in this business for you know, counting my law enforcement uh, for 40, 42 years, and uh, and I'm not slowing down. I have no desire to step out of it, you know. So, I always tell people when when the right you know person or company comes along and and they make me an offer that's too good to refuse, then I'll then I'll consider it. But you know, I don't even envision doing that, you know, for another seven or eight years. I mean. I mean, it it could happen tomorrow. If somebody, you know, just makes an offer that you can't refuse. But you know, I have no desire to slow down. I don't know what I would do if I if I did because yeah. I'm not the I'm not the retiring kind, you know.
1: Yeah, I can't even I can't even comprehend retirement. So <laughs>
2: no, no, I'd be bored to death, you know. Yeah. So but, you know, but so, I've got I'll always write and teach, and you know, and um, I used to teach scuba diving as a hobby. I mean, there's you know, my wife and I have a boarding stable for horses. I mean, there's there's all kinds of other things, but this is my passion.
1: I don't know how you guys keep all the balls in the air at the same time. It's just astonishing, <laughs> really astonishing.
2: Yeah, we've got <laughs> rental properties, you know, and I mean, this—it's um, you just build and uh, it, it just have got to have good people around you. That's exactly how you do it because, you know, when I was the president of the Texas Association of Licensed Investigators and, you know, planning conferences and everything else, you know, you can't do that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, effectively and take time away from your family and your business uh,
1: unless you have some, some help. Yeah, for sure. Well, and, and I know you, you spent quite a bit of time the last couple of years planning conferences that never happened yeah. because of COVID. I know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I planned two of them. I'm supposed to have hosted two of them here in San Antonio. And, and uh, you know, that's that's just what you do. I mean, but unfortunately, they, you know, it's beyond anyone's expectation or, you know, futuristic uh, concept that that would have happened. So, it, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, some of the conferences are coming back around now and some of them are not. You know, you and I are part of the NCISS, uh, leg- right. National Legislative uh, Group. And, you know, we just made a decision to not go hit the hill this coming right. year and this year because, you know, of COVID.
1: I think that's probably going to happen just about everywhere this year. Uh, is yep. this virus is just too insidious and spreading too fast to take the chances? I think, um, and it's unfortunate because we miss each other. You know, That's we really right. do miss seeing each other and hanging out and telling our war stories. And
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it, you get the, a lot of camaraderie that you build from doing that. And you know, I, I, I was taught early on by a friend of mine who was the president of Tally before me, and he created this. Uh, you know, this scenario where we would all meet in Austin and have our board meeting the day before we'd spend the night in Austin and then we would go to the, to the, uh, licensing boards meeting, uh, board meeting the following day. And you know, number one, it, it's great that our licensing bureau saw, you know, our board there supporting them, but it also gave us the ability to to build that camaraderie. Uh, and, you know, so you do it in a lot of different ways, whether it's, you know, sitting on a board or going to conferences and, you know, working as, you know, with other PIs. But it's really a valuable uh, scenario, you know, because when I first got into the business, you, you know, Everybody was like, man, I don't dare go near another PI. They're going to steal my clients and, you know, all that <laughs> right. kind of
1: stuff. That's right. It's so. absolutely, absolutely true.
2: <laughs> yeah. Hey, so now like it's kind of gone, come full circle.
1: Yeah, it, it has. This is a really good time to take a break. So let, let's let uh, give a couple minutes to our sponsors, and we'll be right back.
0: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. PI Magazine is the most respected magazine of the professional investigator. We feature stories and articles on current trends and issues, equipment reviews, tips, and practical advice. Don't miss the new and exciting year in PI Magazine. Subscribe today at PIMagazine.com.
1: guest today is Kelly Riddle. Kelly Riddle is the president of Kelmar Global Investigations. Uh, I know him through, he, as he's been president of the Texas Association of uh, Licensed Investigators, the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, and many associations, and I'm really glad to welcome him back here to the show. Uh, Kelly, we, we've been talking about COVID, and it kind of It kind of uh, links over to the kinds of ways or unusual ways you can use to promote your business. And I know you have a lot of ideas about this, so share those with us.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that. So, you know, uh, it's it's a lot of uh, unique things that I've done over the years. Some of them have failed and some of them have worked out fairly well. Like, you know, one that I did is... um, the airplanes, you know, some of the uh, Delta and American, they used to have this information channel and they still do on their, their airlines. So when you're flying, you know, you can just switch over to one of those channels and listen to things. And so you know, I did some, like a, a, short three to five minute, uh, miniature podcast about the business, you know? And so I thought, man, that's really a great concept, except, you know, I got no leads out of it. I got nothing whatsoever. And when you think about it, how many people get on a plane and go, hmm, yeah, I really want to listen to an infomercial, you know? So that was one of those that kind of flopped. And then, uh, you know, movie theaters, uh, we did the lead-in right before the movie starts, how you always have all these advertisements and things like that. And so it was really professionally done, and it was a nice ad. But my wife and I, you know, we seldom get to movie theater. Uh, ahead of time and I remember this right after that happened just coincidentally we got there and it was 20 minutes ahead of time and it was just us and like five other people in, in the theater and the ad was really well done but it never played again before you know the movie started and so I went back to the rep and I said, you know, this is what happened. They said, yeah, well, you know, you're, you're considered a regional advertiser and, you know, the national advertisers like Coca-Cola and McDonald's and all those guys, they get the, you know, the 10 minutes right before, which is one of those things they don't bother to tell you when you're signing a contract, you know, to, to advertise. Plus the fact that, you know, during COVID, you had uh, no one going to movie theaters. So those are a couple that tried and tried that didn't work. And, uh, but, you know, on the other hand, you know, I've done billboards and, uh, billboards really work well, uh, because, you know, you, if you put them on a highway with a lot of traffic, uh, you know, people see them and I can't tell you how many, uh, cases we've gotten off of that. And they said, yeah, I saw your billboard and, and not only that, but, you know, some of your, my corporate clients and, and individuals and, you know, they, they, you know, Every time I talk to them, they go, "Man, I saw your billboard. It's working, you know." So really? I've got them up and down. Yeah, yeah, I've got them up and down the highways, going all the way from San Antonio to Dallas, and and you know, I've tried uh, the the miniature billboards on the side of buses because you know downtown, that's where all your attorneys hang out, and so you know, it's it's really worked well uh, in and of itself. But hmm. you know, those are uh, you know, just depends on what. You know, what you have a, a taste for and what your budget is, but you know, some of it just comes back to good old fashioned, uh, uh, picking up the phone and calling people, you know, and giving them the personal touch. And, you know, I, I also have, uh, we do a lot of surveillance, so we have video that, uh, you know, has to get to the client. So like everybody, we've got our case management system where they can log onto that and download it. But, you know, we also have thumb drives and now we've evolved into the, uh, wafer cards. And that's like a miniature, you know, business card in and of itself. So you can put whatever you want to on it and it's got, at the end of it, it kind of flips open and, and you stick it into a USB drive. And so people are, you know, clients don't throw your thumb drives away or your, those wafer cards. And it's a two-sided okay. uh, card, you know.
1: <laughs> okay, Kelly, you're way technolo- technology ahead of me. Wafer cards <laughs> I know nothing about. What? <laughs> Tell us more about that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's like a plastic card like you, you know, like your uh you have a, for accessing, you know, your card access in a building or something like that. It's about that size and it's plastic, and it's a little bit thicker than one of those cards, but um it's it's you know, you put your logo on it, you put whatever advertising you want on it and uh and it's and like I said it's two-sided and it's got just on the edge of it it just kind of flips back and forth and it's got the uh, little microchips in it that when you plug it in Got all your data on it, and uh, so I've, I've seen those on some of my clients' desks that I've sent them previously. And um, it is, you know, I can certainly, you know, send it by uh, cloud or something like that, but that's not the point. The point of it is, you know, they I've had people call up and say, Man, this is great, you know, and then they, where'd you get it? And so, you know, it lays on their desk, and they use it over and over again. So that's, you know, used to be you'd send people coffee cups and pens and all that kind of stuff. Now, you know, it's this is kind of the latest and greatest thing.
1: Okay. So I'm trying to visualize how this works. So you you put the data on the wafer card. Right. Is that what you're saying? And how that's do they right. Plug, and, then, and, and how do they plug it in?
2: So uh, then you just mail it to them when they get it, then uh, it's it's – at the very end of it, there's a swivel part of it. It's uh, about the size of a tic-tac or something. And, and it's a little break through it's, it's hinged on the edge of the card. And so when you first look at it, it just looks like a card. And if you really study it for a second, you'll say, oh, okay, I get it now. And so you just flip that little uh, hinge open, and it's got the little connectors on it. And then you just plug that into your US- USB port. And... Uh, so it's, you know, it it's it's hidden so you can flip it back and it snugs in okay. into the card portion itself and becomes part of the advertisement again. And then when you're ready to use it, you just kind of push it, push it, and it flips open and uh, swivels so that that part goes into the port.
1: That sounds fascinating. Where do you get these cards?
2: Yeah, a lot of the promotional uh, uh, companies have them. And, uh, and I forgot, yeah, actually, I can tell you, um, uh, I, I was at a conference uh, in Florida and uh Mark Siegel, I don't know if you know Mark, but Mark right. uh he yeah. had he had it. And he uh he turned me on to it. And so um Mark told me where to get it and, and it's a company that uh that I have used for years now for that kind of stuff. But there's a lot of them that do the promotional stuff, and you can just go online and, and Google it, and uh, they're called wafer, you know, cards mm. and uh, USB wafer cards, and uh, and you just put your logo on them. And, it, you know, depending on the size of data that you want, I mean, you, you can put, you know, uh, 500 megabytes or a terabyte, you know, so the more storage space the more expensive it is but i think the ones that i have they they are like uh, 550 and some of them go up to like uh 750 something like that but you know for seven dollars that's pretty pretty good advertisement that you know is going to stay on their desk and you know they'll reuse them
1: seven dollars that's amazing yeah
2: Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, then you, it's postage, you know, to get it there. But so there's certainly, you know, easier ways to, to send data through the iCloud and stuff. But that's that's right. not the point. You know, it, it's a good talking piece.
1: It's a good talking piece. Absolutely. It's great advertisement. It's not going to go away. They're going to see it all the time. Mm-hmm. It's a great idea. Thank you for sharing that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, and I, and I, and I kind of went from from the thumb drive to the wafer card because the thumb drive is thicker and it doesn't melt as easy. So, it, you know, wafer exactly. cards is easy to mail.
1: Yeah, that's great. Great tip. Thank you so much. So absolutely. back to the billboards. I want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, yeah. What's the financial outlay on a billboard?
2: Well, it depends. You know, if you get with a rep and you just tell them right up front, look, you know, I'm this is I'm just venturing into this, and so I don't want to spend a lot of money, and and uh, you know, so a lot of money to that's different topic for you know what your feel is for that. But it goes essentially, you can get them for as cheap as about uh, six hundred and fifty dollars a month uh, onward. So the ones that I do are they're in the uh, uh, two thousand range, you know, two thousand twenty five hundred, and then. Mm-hmm. That's for your typical billboard, and then you can jump up to the uh, LED ones. You know, which um, that's—I don't really care for those for a lot of different reasons. But uh, the LED ones—they rotate ads, and so your ad's not up there oh, constantly. Right. You know, right. and so that's the reason I don't like them. Um, but you know, you got to keep keep it real simple. Like you know, most of mine is just you know the word need API. And and i one of ours uh, that, that we had was in the running for they kind of like have the Oscars for billboards, and so we were in the running um, for for one of the best billboards, and it was just really a cool cool uh, retro type ad where the you know the the PI had uh, uh, cut on kind of uh, you know a I don't know a James Cagney or Humphrey Bogart you know look with the hat and stuff, and so it just it was really well done. And uh, but the point of it is, you know, people are driving by and they're going to glance up at it. So you got to have something that you know, graphically attractive and just right. what relay the the information. Need a PI, you know, very simple.
1: Hmm, it's so interesting. And so, and what's the contract uh, time period? Uh, like
2: you can do uh, three months. Uh, yeah, three months to six months. So I've I've got one right across the highway from uh, my office, and I've had it for uh, I guess two and a half years now, and so every six months, I I renew it, and uh, and it's pretty simple because I just tell people, go, go." you know, when you see the billboard, just, you know, jump off the highway, and you're at the office, you know, so it makes it real easy on a lot of different levels.
1: That's pretty good. (laughs) Okay, and um, do you you change the image or anything every Mm -hmm. time you renew it? Yeah,
2: yeah. You do absolutely every every six months, and so you know if you if you uh, kind of haggle with your your rep, a lot of times they'll either throw in the the you know the cost of the uh, image itself, or they'll you know cut it in half or something like that. So because they can run you know three hundred and fifty to you know seven hundred dollars just for them to produce that and and get them out there to, to put it up. Uh, so you know it's a it's a little bit of an outlay, but I tell you what, man, I get so much positive feedback on that the, the downside of it is you know you don't have a return on your, you can't measure the return on that investment right. so like you know a lot of the internet you know seo um, uh, advertising that you do on the internet you can measure that but this is one of those things that's really difficult to do other than word of mouth mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. do you track it in your office when people call in do you ask them how they heard about you
2: uh, yeah, we try to do that. You know, a lot of it we can tell because, you know, it'll be uh, the way that it comes in. We know that it's one of our ads that we did where it's coming in off of our website or something like that, so we can we don't need to ask them. But, you know, if somebody just cold cold calls us, then, you know, we pretty much find, you know, ask them, you know, hey, how, how did you hear about us, you know? And it's usually a referral or a billboard or something like that.
1: What other great ideas do you have, Kelly.
2: Yeah, so uh, you know, we have uh, kind of evolved into a lot of different marketing scenarios, such as you know, if you've ever gone to a gym, for instance, and people are actually going to gyms again, uh, surprisingly, mm-hmm. but they they have TVs in gyms, they have TVs in uh, restaurants, and a lot of time, you know, they'll they'll have the uh, you know whatever the. News channels on or something like that. Well, a lot right. of them are evolving now to where they're having ads, uh, rotating and they, you know, the restaurant gets, a, you know, a percentage of that advertising and, and in the gyms, I mean, they're sitting there on a treadmill for, you know, an hour or whatever. And so yeah. they'll have, you know, some of the TVs up there and it's running those banners. And, uh, those are actually, uh, seem to be doing really well for us now as well. So, you know, there's uh, some of it is just, you got to try it and see if it works in your market. You know, I mean, I live in San Antonio where we have uh, five military bases. And so I advertise in the online uh, newsletters on -hmm. the bases. And I I get a lot of people that uh, not only, you know, would hire us, but they're also looking for a job as they transition out of the military.
1: Right, for sure. So your advertising budget must be, Enormous. I'm just, I'm just calculating (laughs) my head. Oh my goodness.
2: Um. Yeah, it's, it's more than most can, can do, but I grew it. You know I mean? I started off, you know, when, when I was doing surveillance back when I did a lot of the surveillance, I made it a point to come in to the office, uh, three times a week. And it was in in the afternoon, and, of course, that didn't always work because if you're following somebody, you can't leave, you know, but I'd try Mm -hmm. to set it so that three times a week I'd be in my office and I would just call people, and I would just cold call them. And, you know, I don't know anybody that enjoys cold calling, but, you know, that's I I kind of made it a game. And I kept a written log, and so if I called and I asked for somebody and, and they said, I'm sorry, they're on vacation this week, well, I would give them, you know, I wouldn't call them on Monday. I'd give them, like, to the end of the following week, and I'd call them up, and I'd just say, hey, man, uh, here you went on vacation. go someplace fun. People always want to talk about themselves and their mm-hmm. vacation. So it was a great way to, you know, to do that. But if you didn't make a note of it, you wouldn't know to ask them about that. So, you know, I started started just doing that, and then I progressed into my first kind of Advertisements, which was, you know, they they have the free magazines and newsletters that uh, used to call them thrifty nickels, where they would throw out the uh, mm-hmm. free magazines and stuff, and and I would put something in there, and it would be fifty dollars, and then I started, you know, I, I progressed into other advertising in the, the the bar associations and the claims uh, associations. They have their online uh, newsletters. They used to publish an actual newsletter, um, and so I got into that, and then I started doing TV advertising and. I thought that's that's just got to be way ridiculous, but you know, if if you get the hours between midnight and five a.m., it's really, really, really uh, cheap, and uh, for advertising especially, and Mm so they'll produce the ad for you and everything else. And so I thought, well, I'm going to try that. I mean, who in the world is going to be up between you know midnight (laughs) and five a.m.? But you'd be surprised, you know, and it's crazy.
1: Well, you know what people usually talk about was when they they're doing advertising like this is they get a lot of kooks calling in. What's your experience with that?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because we do so much advertising and we are prolific, you're going to get your 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 share of those, regardless. You know, if you're out there and you're prolific at all, you're going to get that. And uh, and part of it is because we also do uh, you know uh, uh, electronic countermeasures, you know, bug sweeps. Mm -hmm. And so you get the people that, you know, think the, you know, the flying saucers are following them and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So you're going to get your percentage of of those. And that's just, you know, part of it. But, uh, you know, when you, when advertising on the internet first started, what I ran into is, you know, you got to pay per click. So that meant that, you know, when someone clicked on an ad and they went to your, to your website, then you paid, you know, whatever it was, Mm -hmm. 10 cents or 20 cents for that. Uh, and I found out that uh, some of my competitors were going on there and just clicking one right after the other. <laughs> so oh, really? They were costing me, yeah, they were costing me money just because you know they, oh uh, I don't know for whatever reason. But so anyway, you know, paper uh, per click had its moment in time, but I don't think that's the way to go. At, you know, now it's really the uh, you know just the. You got to keep your your website up in the top of the search engines, and so it's search engine placement. That's really the name of the game now. Um, you know, to get people, you got to get them to your website, and so if you're not showing up on the first page of uh, search engine, you're probably not going to get the kind of business that you should. And you know, whether people know it or not, Google is the number one uh, uh, search, uh, search engine. By far, I mean they—they mm-hmm. have like seventy-seven percent of, of uh, all the search engine traffic. So, you know, you just people just need to understand, you know, marketing and how to do it, and you know what what the return on their investment would be in in those environments. But to answer your question, yeah, I mean, you know, my budget—we uh, do probably thirty thousand uh, a month just in advertising, you know, and okay. that's before you consider going to conferences or anything else. That's just flat-out advertising. But, you know, because I operate in so many different markets and because I have, you know, a lot of employees, I have to do that. But, you know, the average, the average PI, you know, they just need to start with a budget of 250 or 500 whatever they can afford, and then grow into more.
1: So if, if I'm a PI starting out, I just got my license, I'm just trying to figure out who I am and where I'm going, what suggestions would you give them? What re- recommendations?
2: Yes, a lot of it is, you know, uh, the type of work that they're, that they're going to uh, deal with. But, you know, uh, once we get uh, to a point where you don't have to worry about COVID as much, I mean, just going to the courthouse and meeting attorneys uh, is, is great, you know. And I, I remember someone told me one time, yeah, and I just dropped my business card on the elevator uh, floor and stuff because people will pick it up. And I thought, <laughs> no, I don't know about that because they're going to step all over it first, you know so i'm not so sure of that but uh you know the attorneys that do you know a lot of the courthouse work they hang out around the courthouse i mean they go to the coffee shop in in the courthouse you know they go to the restaurants nearby and, and um you know i i told that to one investigator and they actually built a really good business out of that very uh, way of of generating leads, they just hang out and they, you know, you can pretty much tell an attorney when they walk in, and, and so they have just start mm-hmm. introducing themselves, and and uh, before you know it, they are starting to get a lot of referrals. You know,
1: interesting, yeah, and and all it takes is one; it's self perpetuating. That's right. It's really amazing. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. Okay. What else? So, would and
2: you that's do? just that's just the uh, the law firms, you know. I mean, then you get into the corporate world, and to me, the the corporate world is really where the money is, you know. And it, you, because I don't care, um, you know, if you're doing, you know, cheating spouse cases or whatever it is you're doing, law firms, you know, insurance cases, a lot of insurance cases. There, you know, they'll give you three or four days of surveillance, but that's a limited budget. Whereas when we start getting into the corporate world, they don't really have budgets. And if it's a, you know, fortune 500 company, they've got stockholders and and that they've got to answer to, and they don't want a lot of stuff to, uh, you know, come to the surface. So they'll spend a lot of money, you know, to resolve some of the issues that they have.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Wow. So there's so much here, uh, Kelly. So when, Okay, when you you're telling somebody that's brand new uh, to do cold calls, where do you tell them to start?
2: I would tell them to start with bar, you know, the bar association, and like you know, when I go to the grocery store, uh, uh, you know, if you when you're standing in line, they have all those magazines near the checkout lane and everything else. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, almost every uh, jur every place has. Uh, a local magazine, and like I just got one in the mail, and it lists you know the top one hundred attorneys in in uh, the city of San Antonio. So I I take that you know I don't throw it away. I take that, and then I I start sending them emails and I send them letters saying, hey, I saw you saw that you were listed you know in in such and such publication as one of the top uh, attorneys. Congratulations, you know, and and I just wanted to let you know I'm out here. So if you need uh, you know a PI. Please call me, you know, that kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. um, so you really got to pay attention to just what's around you because, you know, back when we had newspapers. Uh, you know, I, I would read the uh, employment section and my wife would go, you know, why were you looking for a job or what? And I said, no, I'm looking <laughs> to see who's hiring because, you know, if they're hiring, they need pre-employment. And if they're hiring, then that means they're, they're growing and they probably have employee issues, you know, sexual harassment, embezzlements, workers comp cases. And, um, and so I do the same thing when I'm driving around, when I, you know, if I see the name, uh, somebody's name on the side of a high rise building, <clears throat> you know, if they're big enough to have their name on a on a building, then you know I need to be marketing to them. Mm
1: hmm. hmm. And when you when you contact that corporation, who do you ask for?
2: I always go. It, it, it's usually you know there's a lot of different angles, but you know I look for uh, see if they have a risk manager, see if they have a corporate security, uh, you know, head of corporate security. Uh, find out who's it, the uh, you know their legal side. Uh, find out somebody, you know, one of the attorney, staff attorneys, and then HR, you know, because Mm -hmm. HR always, they have their own issues. And especially since we do pre employments you know, that's a ready-made spot for us to market. So, you know, I touch on every one of those because every one of them uh, have their own unique needs. And. A lot of times they don't overlap. And so I do one of my oldest and longest corporate clients. Um, You know, I started dealing with their corporate security director uh, 30 something years ago. And, you know, six or seven years into it, I started thinking to myself, you know what, why am I not getting stuff from the, you know, from the attorneys or why am I not getting stuff from, you know, HR? And so I just started asking this security director, I said, hey, do me a favor and introduce me to some of these other departments. And so that's what happened. And then you start getting work from that side as well. So it's really, you know, taking a client that you have and and getting introduced to other markets. And so we'll do that with, with individuals, you know, if they need uh, help, um, you know, locating a you know a family member, or if they need help with, uh, you know, cheating spouse case or whatever, after it's done, you know, during those conversations, you find out that, hey, you know, I'm the vice president of such and such company. We'll circle back around. You know, Sam, thanks for letting us help you during that, you know, turmoil or that time, uh, you know, crisis in your life. Uh, By the way, since you're the vice president of such and such company, you know, uh, you know, if y'all have any needs, please, you know, um, let us help you out. And so it's really taking what you already know and just not closing the book on that one specific case, you know, and identifying uh, additional needs within that particular person or that client.
1: Kelly, that's great, and, uh, you, you know, we're almost out of time, but I just, the the general theme of what I've heard from you is it's all about relationships.
2: Absolutely. Yep, yeah. you're right. You're right, you know. And, you know, real quick, I, I would also say to make sure that, you know, if you're a new PI, get ingrained with your, your state association because, mm-hmm. you know, not Absolutely. everyone needs somebody at the other end of the state, you know, so, Absolutely. you know, they need to be calling you.
1: I totally agree with you. Uh, Teamwork is everything.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. As you and I know, we've helped each other.
1: We have, absolutely. And thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, Your tips were just uh, spectacular. I love it. If anybody wants to contact you directly, how would they do that?
2: Yes, I can email kelly at kelmarglobal.com, K-E-L-L-Y at k e l. -L 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 ElmarGlobal.com, or office numbers 210-342-0509. Francie, it's always a pleasure. I always enjoy talking with you.
1: All right. I'm sure I'll be seeing you soon. In person, by the way. All
2: right. Look (laughs) forward to it.
1: All right. Thanks, Kelly.
0: You've been listening to PIS Declassified with your host, Francie Kaler.